I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Mammology, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. If you would like to sponsor an episode, please email us at mahoganymammology at gmail.com. This episode is sponsored in part by Juni Essentials, makers of the bamboo toothbrush that's made for you and the earth. The link will be provided in our show notes and use the code MOMOLOGY for a 10% discount. And now, on to the show. Awesome, awesome. So, let's talk about today's topic. It's no surprise that African Americans earn um, their doctoral terminal degree at a rate of 5.2% from the American population. So when we look at a particular field like um, science and engineering, um, in 2016, African-American women earned 6% of the terminal degrees conferred in the United States. With such low numbers, we can imagine navigating through these spaces can be challenging. And so, you know, we try to figure out how does one get the support and clarity as black women within higher within the higher education culture and we will be talking about that obtaining the doctorate and being a mom with our guest mammologist dr monique bruner welcome well thank you for having me welcome yes yes so you know what i'm gonna uh, put the ball in your court just tell us a little bit about your background Okay, so I am uh, born and raised in Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and I have a a bachelor's and a master's in public administration from the University of Oklahoma, a master's of human relations also from the University of Oklahoma, and I got my doctorate in Mm -hmm. um, educational leadership from Southwestern College in Winfield, Kansas. Okay. And so I've been a higher ed um, administrator for the last 10 years, and prior to that, I was a tenured political science faculty member at a community college in Oklahoma. And so I've actually been working in higher ed um, over, well, close to 30 years now um, because I did some residence life and I was a community center coordinator of the door, you know, the residence hall and stuff like that. Um, But almost the entire time um, I've been a parent. So um, my husband and I raised his sister and she's currently 36. I have a 21 year old, a 20 year old, both of which girls that are in college right now. Yeah. And then um, we took in two family members, um, younger family members. And so they are five and six. And so I always, I always said that God had jokes, you know, and, uh, (laughs) and I'm a mom, I'm a mom by choice and a mom, um, kind of a reluctant mom, um, with the 30, 36 year old. And then, um, you know, we took in the two young kids. And so, um, as a mom, I've been in, I've been in college or at least around a college environment for all of those years. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been um, enlightening um, all the different things I've been able to achieve uh, while being a mom. I will say that it would not, uh, none of it would have been possible if it had not been for my husband and um, a good support system. So my family is amazing. 
And so my mom and dad are, well, my, my mom and dad were great. And then I have a extended family that's also been really good. So um, for those moms out there that are trying to make it happen, just keep going every day because eventually your children will not remember all of the things that you did while you were in college. Um, but they will be very ha uh, happy and grateful that you made the sacrifice when you did Yes, definitely. So wait, I you, think did, about, you studied your ahead. whole PhD program while having children, like you were raising them this whole time. Yes, ma'am. And so wow. um, my my PhD um, my PhD journey is very different. So I started a PhD actually. Um, my husband and I have been married for twenty two years. So I started a PhD probably twenty four years ago. And I was going well. It was doing fine. I wasn't married. I really, uh, my husband and I didn't get into a committed relationship until I was about a year and a half into my program. And then um, I became pregnant. And so um, with that, I dropped, I took, I was going to take a semester off. And I'm telling you now, don't ever take a semester off. I was going to oh. take a semester <laughs> off and come back. But life happened and I really needed to work. Um, to sustain our family. And so I ended up working. And when I got ready to go back, um, after I had my second child, my program had closed. And since I had been out two consecutive semesters, they were trying to tell me that I was going to have to start all over. And I was totally done with my coursework. I had taken my um, comps. I had submitted a proposal, which had been approved. And I said, I'm not doing it. And so um, I stepped away. And I stepped away for about... 12 years and after my dad died uh, one of the last things he told me was baby go back to school and finish your degree so before you die you need to be Dr. Miles Bruner so that was my maiden name Miles and so I'm like okay you know my dad is gone I need to get back and my husband said baby just do whatever you need to do to go ahead and finish because that's what your dad wanted for you and so I went I found a college that would take the the courses that I had not completed and um, go ahead and let me finish. And so all I needed was to do was 15 hours in the dissertation to complete the degree. And so that's what I did. I ended up doing more than 15 hours because, you know, God got jokes. Um, <laughs> I actually did about 28 hours total. Um, I know, I know, fix it, Jesus, fix it. But I, um, I changed my dissertation title with a topic which people say don't ever do because that's like um, PhD suicide, but I did anyway, and I did get finished. Um, but the good thing about it is I finished in God's time, which was perfect because my girls were able to see me finish. They were able to see the hard work that I put in, and they know now because it's, it's kind of hard for them in the climate that we're in, and we do live in Oklahoma. Um, they're able to say, you know, my mom can do it, and she had four kids in the home. <laughs> I know that I can do this, because my, my girls don't have any children. And so um, it was well worth it. And then, too, in my, com in my community, um, I'm well-respected. Um, people often ask me, and then my story alone is... Um, you know, inspiration to others to say, you're never too old 
Um, your classes are never too stale. And if you really are looking, you can make you can make it anyway if God's on your side. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. That's exactly why I wanted a mom to come on, because we know it's not going to be a very straight journey. You know, what I mean, it's not life happens. Like you said, you have four kids, you know, so it's probably going to be weeks, months. You know, you won't be able to attend to what, you know, your dissertation, your research, whatever lit reviews you have to do, so forth, so on. And so that's why I wanted somebody like you on the show so that, like you mentioned, you know, it can be inspiration. You're giving me inspiration because this is something I kind of like, you know, thought off and on about. But, you know, it's, it's to show that, listen, we as moms don't have all this time as if we were younger, right? If we was younger, that wouldn't be a problem, right? You can, you, you don't have any other responsibilities, but to go to school, you know? Right. So yeah, I could definitely, I can definitely, you know, get with that. But so, I mean, overall, like what even prompted you to um, pursue the terminal degree? Like what, you know, I know you said your father, you know, wanted you to continue, but like, what was it? Well, um, for one, I'm a daddy's girl. And so before my dad died, he told me to go ahead and finish. So that was one. Mm -hmm. um, for two, um, I did really want to finish for myself. Um, I've been working in higher ed. Um, the president of the college that I work at told me that in order to move up, at the college that I would need to have a doctorate degree, even though the the white people did not have it that way. Don't worry, this and is so, a safe space. You can say what you need to be saying. Right. Okay, and let so know. Let them, let them know. I decided that in order for me to do that, you know, as as black women, we got to always be better, know more, have more experience and all that. I said, you know, you're not going to you're not going to let the game beat me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to beat the game. So um, I said, you know, Lord, find me a college that's going to take these hours that I already have because I'm not starting from the beginning and let me work it out. So one day driving to work, I saw a billboard that said, do you have unused um, credits that you want to have towards an, a doctorate degree? And I was like, yes. And then as I turned, the, when I turned on the highway, they had another billboard that said, give us a call today and we'll help you out. So I called on my way to work. And I said, you know, I have credits that I want to have towards a doctor's degree. You know, can you help me? And um, he got to talk to me. He was like, yes. And I told him my name. I told him where I work. It just so happened he was the brother of a white colleague who was also a friend that I had. And so he said, Monique, I'm going to help you out. I said, you know, that's God. He said, when mm -hmm. you get to work, send me your, um, send me your transcript. I'm like, okay, no problem. So, you know, you know, sister always is ready. You know, my daddy always say, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Get ready. That's right. So I pulled my transcripts out of my desk. I faxed them over to his office. And he was just like, okay. He was like, I'm going to call you in the morning, baby. He called me in an hour and said, we want you to come to our college. And he was like, all you got to do is do 15 hours and then do the dissertation and you'll be good to go. You'll need to come to our in-campus because um, it was all online. And so it was the in-campus um, two-week 
program that I had to do, like in residency. And so he was just like, do you think you can come in? Uh, I need to talk to my husband. You know, what is the cost and all this, that, and another? He was just like, well, we could probably get you a partial scholarship. Like, let me talk to my husband. So I called my husband. He was just like, baby, if you want to do it, you know, if we can just not go to dinner or do this or that, then, you know, we'll pay cash for you to finish. I was like, bet. And so um, I did that. And then they needed a response really from my job to say that they would also be assist assisting me in some way. And so I talked to my boss at the time and they said yes. And she wrote me a letter of support. And um, three weeks later, I drove to Winfield, Kansas and started my program. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. I know. Right. Wow. 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 I know. Um, okay. So I want to, you, you, you raised a, a point that I want to talk about. You were saying um, you had to get the support from your job. Yes. So like what, I mean, like in what capacity? And so just support saying that um, they would support me in my educational endeavors and would provide any type of um, like in lieu of financial support help they could give me. Okay. And so basically, um, my job said that they would pay for any copies I needed to have made. They would help me with interlibrary loans since I'm at a college. They would um, give me time um, during my work week to do um, research and that type okay. of thing. Okay. And so initially, I was going to do my dissertation on something that would help the college. And so um, at the time I was um, supervising our adjunct faculty on campus in one division. And so I was gonna do my dissertation over um, doing a um, adjunct faculty um, in service. Um, I'd, I'd worked on that for a while, I actually worked on it for about a year and it just wasn't, wasn't what I wanted. Because in that in that year time span, I changed positions. I just became uninterested. And it was like pulling teeth trying to get anything written. And so that's about the time when people said, well, you know, changing your dissertation topic is like death. You know, that's why so many people are ABD forever. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen to me because I'm going to finish this thing. And so um, <clears throat> I prayed about it. I talked to some of my um, my line sisters and they said, well, Monique, whatever you think you want to write it on, you know, we're behind you 100 percent. My husband said, baby, change if that's what you want to do. And so I changed my dissertation topic from adjunct, you know, adjunct faculty in service orientation programming to um sisterhood within Delta Sigma Theta sorority. And I looked at, I did a case study of my line sisters and how our sisterhood helped our mentorship because we didn't have mentors in the various um, professional areas that we got into, but we used each other. And so I took that and um, kind of extrapolated it to other women in general, particularly black women, and how you can have a group of girlfriends that y'all share a sisterhood with that you all could provide your own selves with guidance and mentorship, even if you're not in the same area. And so um, when I say I changed my topic and within eight months from beginning to end, I had finished my dissertation. Mm -hmm. How did your colleagues kind of take you changing? Because you said it's like the kiss of death. Did they provide more help, less help? What was that relationship like at work? 
Well, to be honest, my white colleagues at work didn't give me any help other than the fact that they said I could use my office, I could do the copies, you know, like that kind of thing, which was nothing that they had, they had any skin in the game with. And so, um, you know, I made sacrifices with my family. So my husband, um, I worked during the day and then like every day for about an hour or two hours, I would just write or research or find something or, you know, maybe do some annotated bibliographies or, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. One or two hours a day doing work hours. And then every weekend, Friday and Saturday, I would spend four to five hours a day just in my office, writing, trying to get my thoughts together. Um, I'm a person who have to really think something through. And so, um, some Saturdays I'd be up there, you know, four or five hours and not written anything, but I had thought it through. So when I came up on Sunday, I was, you know, knocking the stuff out the box. And so, like I said, it took me about three months to do, you know, my chapter one and chapter two, which is my introduction, my lit review. And then um, I got my study and stuff down in about another month. I went to IR, I did my proposal, got that approved. I went through IRB, IRB, got that approved. So about five months in, I started doing my survey. Um, and then I did one-on-one -on -one interviews with my sorority sisters. So I did six of the, it was six, it was seven of us at the time. So it was seven of us. I did six interviews and then I, I did an interview on myself. Well, a, a survey from myself. And then I did a um, Google Hangout um, group, um, focus group with everybody together. And so this was, I've been, I'm three years out of, of finishing. And so this was before COVID. This was before Zoom. This was before people were really using Google Hangout, but it worked. And um, my Saras, they knew my, my, my deadlines because I had it down to the week of when I had to turn my stuff in to actually graduate. Um, and so they were really good. I said, I'm sending y'all stuff back. I need to get it back within, a, you know, 24 to 48 hours. And, and it just, it all just fell into place. And that was, that was God's work. Amen. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay. You make it sound so easy. That they, that they could write it in eight eight months. But I did eight months from beginning to end. Well, because you said you think things through. So right. I think... I think it is very important, you know, if you are trying to finish in a certain timeline, like you have to have something together, you know? Well, um, I think it's a little bit of a, a passion as well. Like you went from a topic that, that, that you, it seemed like there was passion for, but then at the same token, you switched it for something that you have more of a passion. And like you said, the skin in the game is much different. And maybe some people, their topic isn't, near to dear to them you know what i mean like they're doing it because right. oh let me hodgepodge this together or whomever their chair is and reviewing it ah it's gonna work okay fine whereas for you it just seems like no this is this is really right there for you so it made it a lot easier to write even though yes you did right. think it all through but it just made it a little bit more enjoyable too it seemed like as well plus like i said it was all a god thing because my chair was like Monique, I was in a white sorority, but these black sororities are totally a different animal. Okay. And I'm excited about it okay. and I want to learn about it. 
And so every time she would ask me something, I would send her an article. And she was just like, ooh, send me something else. And honey, when she was ready to read all about Black feminist thought and Paula Giddings about all the history of Delson with Theta Sorority, I was like, baby, I got the right person. What she want to know about that? <laughs> right. She was reading them articles and she was just like, that's why you guys are more successful because y'all are you know, black women are in a sorority from the time they are in college forever. Whereas we as white people, we only in it the two, three years we in college. And when we out of college, are we drop out? Are we finished? Are we getting married? That's it. And we don't go back and revisit that ever again. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a Delta for life, baby. That's what mm-hmm. they say. But me, I'm not, I have no skin in that game. So from, <laughs> from what I have heard. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. So no. Uh, so tell me, talk to me. Um, Okay, so now you have your PhD and you're, you know, you're working. What is your relationship like with your department head? Like, is, are they open and willing to, um, to your criticisms, to your um, ideas, feedback, you know? Like at, at my job? Yeah, at your job, your current okay. job right now. Well, well for one, um, my president of the college, I had to call her out and um last june i had a meeting with her well actually it was the end of may i had a meeting with her and i told her i said do you remember five years ago when you told me that i couldn't move up and be a vice president unless i had a doctorate degree but every person that you've hired in the last five years to be at vice president's level doesn't have a doctorate degree and she was kind of like um what And I said, so I have a doctor's degree. So I have a doctorate degree now. So I'm waiting on you to promote me to vice president. And um, she was really taken aback because she did. I guess she thought I wasn't going to remember. But baby, I'm like an elephant. I don't forget. So anyway, that was last May. And I just got promoted to um, that level um, just the first of March. Well, all right. Congratulations. Right. So she started a whole new um, area for me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm outside. I'm sorry. That's kind of loud. She started a whole new area for me. So now I am um, executive director, which is equivalent to vice president of diversity and cultural affairs. And so, um, which is the area that I've been working in for the last three years, but um, now report directly to the president and, um, you know, it's really cut through a lot of the the bullshit. I mean, I probably can't say that, huh? Yes, but, you can. You, uh, yes, you can. you can. Yes, you can. Okay, I'm sorry. No, you're good. So now, now you are um, executive director, Doctor Bruner, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. How would you say? How was your relationship, if you're allowed to say, with your other, with the other vice presidents um, at the college? Are they collaborative? How's that relationship like? Well, of course. Of course, um, now everybody is really, oh, well, Monique, you should have had this position years ago and da, 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 because I've been at this college for over 22 years. And so um, most of the people at the vice president level have been there much less than me. And so now they're like, oh, we're, we can't believe it took so long for us to get this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. But um, I'm trying not to be um, saucy or whatever. Um, but like I said, it's just been since the first of March. Um, 
So they're still getting used to it. Um, but I think it's interesting. The president said that she didn't think I would be as quiet as I have been in meetings. So why have you been quiet? Do you think or do you, uh, do you think you've been quiet? Well, I don't really over there. I really don't think I've been. Oh, I really don't think I've been quiet. I've just been kind of um, seeing where everybody really stands. And, you know, just because you you can make a, I made a, I've made some assumptions about people and I just need to see if they're correct or not. So far, everybody's playing true to the game. So how's it um, with the students, your interaction? What would you, what's your advice for um, people who are either pursuing their PhD, um, maybe already have that and they're into higher education? What, how was your interaction with them? Okay, so um, the students that I work with are, um, are very um, supportive. And because um, I, since I work in the diversity area, most of our students, our minority students, you know, kind of have been marginalized their whole entire life. So um, with many of the students, I'm the first um, black woman that they know that has a doctorate degree. And so um, that, along with the fact that I've been at the college for so long, um, they are very um, uh, excited. If that's if that's the right word to say or whatever, and then um, again because I'm from Oklahoma, I've been in the community um, <clears throat> my entire life. Uh, my parents were um, were kind of uh, in the elite class of the black uh, black Oklahomans in the area in our city. Um, everybody's just like, oh, you know, this is just. What we what we figured would happen with you because of your parents and how much they really put into you and things like that. Um, as far as with my actually children, my girls that are in college, they are quick to tell somebody, but you you can't say nothing because my mama has a doctorate degree, my dad has a master's degree, um, all of my all of my mom's friends are educated or um, well-known entrepreneurs and this and that. And so I think it's giving them the opportunity to really have, uh, you know, you can't say shit to me type of mentality because I'm a black female, you know what I mean? And so for that, I'm very excited and appreciative about. And so are your girls interested in pursuing a PhD? Uh, no. <laughs> oh no why and no. i think they're not at this time um for one because i have one daughter who is a funeral director and so she was just like but i can make all that money with a bachelor's degree i'm, I'm with that and then my other daughter is really um theatrical and so she really wants to get more into um uh the theater um, and maybe on Broadway or something like that. And again, that's not something where she really sees that um, a graduate degree is very helpful for her. Um, now, my younger daughter, the one who's theatrical, I think that she may come back around to that. Um, but as of right now, you know, that's it's just really not something that either one of them wants to pursue. And, and you know, and I can totally understand it. 
Yeah, I mean, fair, I mean, fair enough. Especially your daughter, like you said, that's a funeral director. Um, you know, you don't always have to go up and up and up if you don't want to. Right. So, you know, that's that's fair. That's justified. So, all right. The other thing I wanted to ask you, in your position, because you're dealing with diversity and inclusion, you're dealing with a lot of minority. Um, or black students, talk to me about what the what the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess feelings were like on your campus since last summer with the rise of you know black protests and things like that. Like how was that? How was that on your campus and in your position with your students? It was very shaky because the students really wanted the college to take a stand on Black Lives Matter, and the college did not. The students, uh, my Hispanic students, wanted the college to take a stand on the court decision on DACA. The college did not. My LGBT students really wanted the the college to take a stand on the Supreme Court a case that came out affirmative are really helping the LGBT community. The college did not. Um, When I called the the college on all of those things, they didn't want to respond. Um, And so I said, well, maybe y'all should rethink, you know, really the 48% of the student population that are minorities and are part of those groups. And so I think that once I, put um, that in in numbers, like financially for the college, um, they changed they change their stance. And so um, since that time, you know, things have changed. Um, they've increased the budget for the diversity office. They um, changed my position. So now I report directly to the president. I'm on the executive council. Um, they're giving a lot more marketing and PR to students, um, the minority students and things like that. Um, but again, I think it, that would not have happened if I hadn't called the college on those issues. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. Definitely. Yes. So it almost sounds like you have to pull them every step of the way. So, yeah, so I, I have, honey, I have numbers on everything, you know, uh, I didn't, I didn't spend, I haven't spent over 20 years in higher education, not to make sure that I have statistics and numbers, um, I have uh, money, you know, like, what, how does that, how does that contract, you know, how does that change to the numbers like financially but does it mean for the college and so if 48 percent of our student population left today our college would not be able to sustain itself so again um for anybody but planning on pursuing a doctor's degree i would say in game because you're going to put a lot of time in, you're going to put a lot of money in getting a doctorate degree. And if you are not able to get some, some money back on your end, then don't do it. Um, Because like you said, at the very beginning, 5% of um, people who receive a doctorate degree are Mm African-American. 
So if you're not ready to take the the um, sacrifice of being in that top five percent, then don't do it. Um, so if you gonna if you gonna half fast, don't do it. Um, because I, you know, trust and believe, I'll be paying my student loans probably until I'm in the grade. But I think for me, you know, for me, it's worth it. Absolutely. I mean, I mean and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it was a good investment because look at where you are now. They promoted you. So, you know, through, you know, you had to call people out nonetheless, but you had a good return of investment. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, right. And so have those students as well. I, I'm, I'm sure they're definitely very appreciative of you getting of, of you pursuing your higher education and coming to bat for them um i, I know that they very much appreciate that, that oh, representation yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah good deal and so um do you i guess um and i don't know you know no one knows but um given all that has happened with you um, from training to promotion, do you think um, you are committed to staying where you are? Because I know a lot of PhD students, if they're not appreciated for the most part, you know, whether that be teaching, grants, just general support overall, you know, they, of course, try to find somewhere else. So do you anticipate something like that happening? Well, right now, I plan on staying where I am because my mother is getting a little older um, and she wants to stay in her home, which I totally understand. Um, My husband has a job that he really likes and um, my daughter's um, one is graduating this May, praise the Lord, and one should graduate next May. Um, But then I took in two family members and their parents actually stay in the city and so while I don't believe that they'll go back to their birth parents um, I do want them to have a relationship eventually with them and so where I stand right now in my personal life I don't think I'll be making a change anytime soon Um, but you know if a good offer came up trust and believe if I could move my family we would pick up and we would all just go okay okay so, all right. Well, Dr. Bruner, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out to um, speak your truth. I hope it inspires moms out here because, like I said, our podcast for the most part is about empowering mothers, having these kind of conversations. Um, you know, motherhood is very vast and expansive. You can still be yourself, that sort of thing. So do you have any closing remarks that you wanted to at least tell some moms out there? Well, I would say that even if you are pursuing your degree if you're not yet to the PhD level, um, go ahead and get that degree, but don't lose yourself. So you still got to take time for you. (laughs) You still got to take some time off from studying so that you can still be true to you. And so that's what I did. You know, I had some dates where I set up ahead of time where me and my girlfriends got together or I would take a day off of work during the middle of the week where my my kids was at daycare or gone and I would do something for me during that time. 
um, if we, you know, like we have spring break coming up, my kids go, you know, even though I'm through with my education and everything, I'm trying to get a um, consulting business off the ground. I'm still going to send my five-year-old and six-year-old to daycare doing spring break so I can work a little bit on my consulting business and then also take some time for me just to rest and relax and re regenerate because I'm not going to be able to be a good mom unless I do that. So college is great. Education is good. You know, being true to your job, getting things done is great, but none of that is going to help if you are not taking care of yourself. Absolutely, support matters. Um, like you said, taking time for yourself matters. So, but again, we want to thank you so much. We're gonna let you go and party. I know you said you was out and about, and so this is your this is your me time. So we want to thank you again uh, for coming on. It was really, really insightful. And I hope it is inspiring uh, to moms out there. I really do. Okay. Thank you all very much. Y'all have a good evening. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, let's continue the conversation through our listener comments and questions in our Facebook group. Please be sure to check out the show notes as we will have provided you with links about our guests and information about various articles and our sponsor. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can also email us at mahoganymomology at gmail.com. Check out our website. We have some merch for you there too at mahoganymomology.com. Until next time, this is Mel. And I'm Tosh. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye.